Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses, our Gulf Coast, South Shore, our online campus here at Little Creek to the third week of our series entitled, what? Transform. Come on, can we welcome the other campuses right now? Why don't we do that? I, I am so excited about this series. I trust you guys have been enjoying it as much uh, as I am. I get to hear the message three times on the weekend. Uh, I'm so excited hearing all the testimonies, all the reports. If you haven't been here, we're in a seven-week series. Uh, we're looking at seven key areas of our life. Week one, uh, we looked at spiritual health. How in 2015 we can end healthier spiritually than when we began. Again, all of our CDs, by the way, we give away free in the commons area. Of course, you can go online uh, and look at them all as well, download podcasts. But uh, last week, we talked about physical health. Now, by the way, in our small groups, we really were intentional to make sure uh, that what I spoke on the weekend was not duplicated in the small groups. There's a little bit of an overlap. And uh, so in your small group, you're getting probably 85% new information. In the past, there was a little bit too much of a, a similar feel, so we really worked intentionally on that. Today, today I want to talk to you about mental health. Next week, emotional health, relational health the following, financial health, and then we're going to finish up the seventh week on vocational health. Our theme scripture for this series is found in Romans, the book of Romans. Paul's writing to the church at Rome, and here's what he said, Romans chapter 12. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Boy, that's cool. Man, I, I want to be a new person. I mean, I want, I, want to, I want to, in 2015, I want newness in all these seven categories. How about you guys? How many of y'all would like that? I want that. Paul said, look, let God transform you into a new person. Now, time out. Our tendency is to relax. Our tendency to say, God, do it. But how do you know when you read the Bible and you walk with Jesus, you realize that Christianity is a participation sport? Are you with me? It's not, it's not God, it's God is working, but we've got to cooperate. Now, so how do we cooperate? God's going to turn us into a new person. But how is he going to do this? Watch this. By changing the way that you think. In other words, we've got to be willing to change the way we think if we want to experience what it means to be a new person in these seven areas. Very, very important. Then what? Then what? After you change the way you think, some of your Bibles, New King James Bible, after you renew your mind, after you change the way you think, then you will fulfill. Then you fulfill that which is pleasing and perfect before the Lord, the perfect will of God for your life. Let me sum this up. I'm not sure if it's in your notes. Uh, it's kind of a thesis statement for my message today. Here it is. God, God is far more interested in you and I changing the way we think and the way we believe in our heart. God is far more interested in us changing that than he is in him changing our circumstances. Now let me say that again. God is far more interested in us changing the way that we think and what we believe in our heart than he is in changing our circumstances. Now, it's not to say that our circumstances aren't important, but let's be honest. How much of our prayer life incorporates this? God, change this. Change my wife. Change my husband. Change my kids. Change my job. Change, change, change. Where the real reality is that we need to pray prayers like this. God, change me. God, change my character. Change what's going on 
the inside of me. And really, that's what the renewing of the mind process is about. That's what we're talking about. If we want to have better mental health at the end of 2015 than in the beginning, we've got to learn this biblical principle, and it's a biblical process. I want everyone to hear this. It's a biblical process called, according to Scripture, the renewing of the mind, changing the way you think. Now, let me give you an example, and we'll jump into the notes. People have asked me over time, they've said, well, Pastor, when I get saved, when I give my heart to Christ, let me use all the, all the different nomenclature that so many, when I get saved, same word. When I give my heart to Christ, same concept. When I surrender to Jesus, same concept. When I get born again, same concept. Regardless of the term you use, here's the point. When you get saved, when you get born again, you are changed. However, what's changed is your heart's changed. Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. You become a new person in your heart. There's new desires. There's a new hope. There's a new faith. But let me tell you what was not changed when you got born again. It's called your mind. And that's where a lot of Christians stumble and struggle because they think, man, pastor, when I got saved, was I changed? Well, the answer is yes and no. Your heart was changed, but how many know your thinking can still be stinking thinking? Well, pastor, when will my mind be renewed? When will my mind be changed? When you die. And the Bible says, when you know, even as you're known. See, the reality is what happens is, all right, so you're saved, you love God, and you're in a shopping mall, and you smell a perfume. It comes through your five senses, and it brings up an image of an old relationship, and you're married, and the devil goes, aha, you're not a Christian. Look at you, you heathen dog. What's wrong with me? I need to go rededicate to God. No, you don't. You're saved. You need to learn how to renew your mind. You need to know how to take off old thinking and put on new thinking. The devil comes alive and says, you're defeated. You'll never succeed in life. You'll never succeed in your job. You'll never succeed relationally. You'll always sabotage relationships right when you get close. You'll reject them before they reject you. <sighs> oh, gosh, I love you, Jesus. Maybe I need to get saved again. No, you're saved. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. You're born again. You need to learn how to renew your mind. Biblical transformation mentally happens when we learn how to, everybody say, take off the old and put on the new. Okay, I am so glad, man, I am so fired up. I am so glad that you came to this message. Renewing the mind, another theological term would be sanctification. Another way you could say it is growing in Christ. It's the process after you're born again that happens from the day that you're saved all the way until the day that you die and see Jesus face to face. There is a biblical process called renewing the mind that we all must go through. Now, if you have your notes, I'm going to ask you to take them out. Let's dive right in. You guys ready to learn? Everybody said? Not as strong as the other services, but that's all right. Here we go. Why must I change or manage my thoughts? Why? I'll tell you why. Here's why. Because your thoughts, your thoughts control your life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Your thoughts, my thoughts control my life. Every single action begins with a thought. If you don't think it, you don't do it. Good actions, where do good actions come from? A good thought that you begin to feel and then you act it on. You have a thought, you have a feeling attached to that, then you have, an act, you have a decision, you act on. Where do bad actions come from? Begins with a thought. Begins with a thought. See, one of the things that we have to realize is that our life, this is huge, what I'm getting ready to say, the totality of our life is shaped. It's shaped. Who we are, 
what we are, where we are in life is largely dependent upon what we've allowed to go on in our minds. Pastor, is that biblical? It sure is. Look at Proverbs 4. Look what it says. Be careful how you think. Be careful, man. Don't just let any crazy thought just, just germinate in your mind. Be careful how you think. Because your life, your life, my life, here's the word. It's not my opinion. It's God's. It is. What's this next one? Say it. Shaped. Shaped by your thoughts. Sir, ma'am, what are you consistently thinking? What, what are you allowing to go through your mind? See, here's what I know. What you think about long-term, ultimately you'll start feeling. And once you start feeling something, whether it's true or not, it becomes very convincing, isn't it? Then you start acting on that, and now your action. See, if you want to, see here it is. Thoughts produce emotions, and emotions and thoughts together produce decisions, and decisions produce actions. Actions produce character. Character produces destiny. If you don't like your character, you got to go back and change your thoughts. Well, pastor, you know what? Jeez, man, I just don't like where I am in life. That's good. Hang on. Time out. Remember week one? You got to get fed up. We got to get fed up and say, you know what? I want to change. That's the first step. But if you want to change, you got to go back. What have you been allowing to go between your head. And the fact is, a matter of, you know, even the words that we say, and I'm, I'm going to do a whole series. Would you guys like, for, I'm going to do a whole series, four weeks on the power of your words coming up. Because the words, you know what a word is? A word is nothing more than a verb. It's a verbal expression of a thought. I thank God for my mom because she would say things to me as a kid. And I'm going to tell you, I was a rascal as a kid. You probably would have never perceived that nice pastoral <laughs> kindness stable, mature. But anyway, I mean, I was, as a kid, I mean, I was just a rascal. I was all over the place. They'd stick me under the, I mean, they do different things, education. They'd stick you under a desk when you're a kid. You just, I, I just stay there for months, you know, and they just, I knew everything about, they just, don't get it. And they just throw you food at lunch. There you go. And so I was a rascal, but you know, my mom would say things about me and to me that really, she'd say stuff like, and sometimes in the heat of battle, she'd say, Steve, when you grow up, you're either going to be Johnny Carson Billy Graham or the president of the United States. So I, I remember one day about 10 years ago, I came down and I had fun at a sermon. She goes, you know what? You kind of became a combination. <laughs> I thank God. Listen, I thank God that my mom spoke words because I believe some of those words that God could still do something with my life despite how I was acting at the time. The fact is your words and your thoughts are so, so critical. Pastor, what are you talking about today? I'm talking about mental health. Number two, let me tell you, the mind, all right, here it is. I'm going to push out a little bit. The mind is the battlefield for sin. Yeah, it is. The mind, it's where all sin starts. It's the battleground, the battlefield for sin. Between your ears is where you win or lose the battle. In fact, all temptation begins in the mind. It does in the mind. Well, I was tempted. Ooh, this person, this opportunity. Yeah, there may have been an external stimuli but your temptation didn't begin externally. Your temptation began internally. And by the way, temptation is not sin. Acting on it is. How do I know that? The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways, like us, and yet without sin. But where does it begin? I'll tell you where it begins. It begins in the mind. Then you begin to meditate on it. Then you begin to act on it. So where's the warfare? I'm going to ask. This is so going to help you guys if you get this. Where's the warfare for the Christian? I'll tell you where the warfare is. It's right here. This is the battlefield. This is where it is, right here. It's in your thoughts, in your daily thoughts. 
See, see, what happens is, if you don't know this teaching, if you don't understand the biblical process of renewing the mind, when you struggle in life, the enemy will condemn you and say, well, you're either not a Christian or, or you know, you never were, you know, you know, just all this crazy stuff in your mind. And the reality is, no, there's just a battle going on and it's unrelenting. Pastor, when am I gonna get out of it? When you die, you have to know that. But until then, here's what Paul says, Romans chapter seven. I'm gonna help you with this. Pastor, I love God. If I love God, shouldn't all of the struggle be over? No. Now, you can be victorious, but you still have your old thinking that tries to creep its way in, that, that I'm going to teach you how to keep that thing at bay today. All right? Check this out. With my whole heart, Paul says, and I love Paul. I love Paul's transparency. I'm so grateful. How many are grateful that the Bible puts the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the people in it? I, I'm grateful. I can't relate to perfect people, okay? Because I know my struggles, man. I know things that I walk through. And so I'm grateful. Paul, here's what Paul said. Here it is. You guys ready? This is cool. He says, with my whole heart, man, my heart, I love God. My heart loves God. I, I want to serve God, man. But in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my what? Against my mind. And it makes me a prisoner and it controls me, and I, I don't want to, I, I love God, so there's this war going on, and the war for the believer, it's not so much even in the heart, it's in the mind, these thoughts, Pastor Steve, I love God, and I, and I, and I want to serve God, that's what Paul said, so number one, the first key is you've got to recognize where this battle's going, you need to understand this tug of war, and this relentless tug of war that we, that, that we go through, and by the way, sometimes conscious, Sometimes it's even at a subconscious level. You've got these thoughts going on in our mind that, that, that there's a struggle. So, so the battlefield, I want everybody to hear this, the battlefield is the mind. Number three, the mind, as the believer, the mind is the key. Understanding, renewing the mind, it's the key to peace and happiness. It's the key to peace and happiness. See, ma managing your mind is actually, it's this key. And let me, let me help everybody. You can set your thoughts. Do you know the difference between an animal? There's many differences between an animal and, and a human being. One of which is, now we're all part of God's creation, but we're the only part of God's creation made in the image of God. An animal is instinctual by nature. Survival. Eat, procreate, survival. Defend. We have a moral nature, so, so we understand justice. We, we understand compassion. We understand, we understand, we're made in the image of God. Isn't it interesting when the Bible talks about humanity, mankind, please don't miss this, you have the power to choose your thoughts. Years ago, when I was learning how this process of renewing my mind, and we're all in this together, I wrote this little thing down and I said, Steve, Think about, listen, think about tomorrow at two o'clock. Think about what you're thinking about. Tomorrow at two o'clock, if you actually pause, went, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be thinking about what I thought about today. Ooh, it would scare us. It would scare us the junk that we allow to go through our minds. Now, Martin Luther, I've told you this before, that great reformer, he says, it's not, it's not the birds that fly over that gives us a problem. You can't stop every thought, but I tell you what you can stop, Martin Luther says, but you can stop them from making a nest. Are you with me? I like what Pastor Rick Warren says, and you can stop them from poo-pooing in your hair. That's pretty graphic, but I'm just telling you, it's what he said, not me, that's what he said. Look 
Romans chapter 8. You, you have to be convinced that you can control your thoughts. You can set your thoughts in a direction, all right? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but the Spirit controls your mind. Go to the next verse if you would. I, I, or Romans chapter 8, 6. Let me come back to this. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fight that happens where we have to each day learn to set our mind even on the flesh, if we do it on the flesh, or we can set our mind on the things of God. There is a, there is a volitional capacity that God has designed you with. Now, I want to bring up a bigger topic. I want to touch it for two or three minutes. This is big. Pastor Steve, I've, I've been reading about and understanding the renewing of the mind process, and I'm really trying to grow in Christ. And I'm really trying to develop in this area, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling to the point that I almost feel hopeless at times, and I can't seem to get my thinking in a right direction. I can't seem to, I can't seem to get it out of that rut that it's in. You ever seen a, a car that gets stuck in a rut and it's this mud? And it's, I can't. It doesn't matter how much I press down on the accelerator. I, I just, I feel like I just, and I can't get out of. And so this rejection thing that's on me, this this rejection. I have these thoughts, and I go into this relationship. And when I go into this relationship, I, I know it's crazy. This is crazy. But what happens is, 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 is because I fear rejection, right when I feel like I'm getting ready to experience intimacy, I, what I do is I flip it and I reject that person before they reject me because I anticipate the pain. I can't get out of it. I, I don't know what to do. I, I try. Sometimes your thought patterns are so negative and unhealthy it's what the Bible calls a stronghold. That's what the Bible calls. It's a stronghold. And a stronghold, yes, we need the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. There's times with a stronghold, you need some other Christians and brothers and sisters to pray along with you and help speak truth in. Well, what is a stronghold? Think of the word. It's a stronghold. Let me give you the, 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 the verse. Paul, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, and here's what he says. I'm talking about now there are some thought patterns that there's just like this entrenchment. It's like I can't. This, this defeat in my life, right? When I feel like I'm going to succeed in this area, I just feel like I start, I, I start self-defeating. my. I, I go, or there's this addiction. I can't break it. I try, and I just, that's a stronghold in your life. The good news is, in the gospel and in the body of Christ, God can help you set that free. Listen to this scripture. For the weapons of our warfare, Paul writes, are not carnal. By the way, I want to help everybody, if you're new in the Lord, or if you're checking out Christianity, I want to help you. What I'm talking about today is we don't defeat spiritual enemies by our willpower. You and I don't have within ourselves and our own human resources the ability to defeat spiritual entities. It takes spiritual weapons to defeat spiritual entities. Does that make sense? So this is not just a, 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 a self-help seminar where I'm telling you how to think good thoughts. I'm talking about there's real, there's real satanic powers that try to come against people, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You need spiritual weaponry to defeat spiritual entities. Does that make sense? Okay? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. So they're strong in God for the pulling down of what? Say it. Strongholds. What's a stronghold? Southern Corinth. Corinth was a, a city in Greece, southern uh, Corinth. There was, I, I taught this about a year ago, there was a fortress. This is archaeologically, you can check this out. There was a fortress in southern 
uh, in Corinth where wealthy people would go to during times of siege that came into that city. They would be under siege, and so they would run into this fortress, and of course they'd close the doors, and they'd have people defending, and here's the point, they would run into the stronghold. I think it's interesting that the Holy Spirit tapped Paul when he was writing the book of Corinthians. I think it's very interesting that the Holy Spirit illuminated for Paul, and he used that word stronghold because the people he's writing to at the time, Corinth, they knew exactly what he's talking about. Here's the thing about a stronghold. You go into a stronghold and you think it protects you, but it actually restricts you and you become a prisoner. Man, I got hurt in that relationship. I'll n- Wall goes up. I'll never allow anybody to do that to me again. You think you're protecting yourself, but you're actually imprisoning yourself. Does that make sense? Well, how did that happen? Your action was an overflow of your thought patterns. Okay, you didn't just decide to do that. In your mind, you decided first. You felt fear, and you made a decision. Well, do you know that in the Bible, God's design is for us to have strongholds of righteousness, strongholds of faith, where there's, where's that, where there's that level of thought process and emotional, spiritual, and thought intertwining where you, there's a root of righteousness, where I'm strong in God. David said, the Lord is my stronghold. So there's positive and there's negative. Well, pastor, what do I do? How how do I get out of this? Look what it says. You need to know this. You, I want to say it again, as a believer in Christ, you have the ability to choose your thoughts. You have the ability in God. Sometimes you need other brothers and sisters to come alongside of you to help you. But watch, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everyone say every thought, bringing every thought, there it is, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So part of renewing the mind is understanding there's times where these strongholds try to hold us down to the point where we just need the help. Obviously, we need God's help, but there's times you need to have other brothers and sisters. This is a stronghold. I need you to pray with me. Speak truth to me. I know this is a lie. The base root of a stronghold is a lie that you've believed over time that now you feel. Whenever you feel a lie, it becomes true to you whether or not it's true. Does this make sense? Okay, pastor, whoo, this is heavy. How do I get out of this? Let me give you three daily decisions to make. Number one, three daily decisions to keep your mind healthy. Man, I'm telling you, I am really pressing in on a personal level in 2015. I want to be healthy spiritually. I want to be healthy physically, and I want to be healthy mentally. You do not want to miss next week. I'm talking about how to be healthy emotionally. I know they're tied together, but my message will be different. Number one, three daily decisions. Here we go. Let me give them to you. I got about 13 minutes. I'm going to close. Number one, I must feed my mind with truth. We all know the importance of good nutrition. If you eat junk food, you begin to feel junky. You go to an internist, you go to a family practice doctor, and he or she does an evaluation. I said, what do you, what do you, and I go through a litany of tests, right? And ultimately, it comes down to, what have you been eating? Well, just to be honest, you know, I just, I'm not, see, if you, if you eat junk food, if, if junk food is your consistent diet, right? If it's your consistent diet, you will literally feel physiologically blah. That's how it works. But if you eat 
If you eat healthy food, it's not to suggest that we can't do little cheat every now and then, but I'm going to tell you, your consistent diet has to be healthy and it produces physiologically a healthy outcome. You feel, you feel better physically. Isn't that true? Do you know it's the same way spiritually, mentally, and emotionally? If you and I are, are consistently feeding ourselves junk food mentally, if we're consistently allowing junk food to go into our minds mentally, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect you spiritually. It's going to affect you emotionally. And it's going to affect you mentally. So, 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 so what do we feed ourselves? Well, well we, we've got to feed primarily its truth. John chapter 8, verse 32, and you shall know the truth. This is what Jesus said. You should know. What is the truth? The truth is the word of God. A consistent, consistent daily diet of the word of God. You shall know the truth. The truth. Pastor, I want to be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A lot of people think the Bible is, he's just talking about the Bible. It's not just about, it's knowing the Bible. Wow, I got a lot of Bibles, Pastor. You know, the devil was messing with me one time, and I just laid it on my chest. How many know the Bible's not Ben Gay? I should use it, or I see how, maybe a different word. But so it's, 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 it's not like, ooh, if I, it's not just the Bible, it's knowing the Bible. That Bible your grandma gave you, you know, that big Schofield Bible, you ha it's actually opening up the Bible. Right, yeah, say, good preaching, Pastor. Come on, help me out. Good, good preaching. All right, all right, watch this. I'm going to go for it a little bit. You guys ready? I'm, I'm going to press, press out a little bit. What are you daily dieting on mentally? Is it talk shows, news radio? Well, Pastor, you know, sometimes they've got interesting good stuff. Interesting, maybe. Good, rarely. Well, you know, I just, you know, I just, I just constantly listen to this stuff, and I just, I, you know, and just, and I'm not going to use all the names because I'll offend somebody, their favorite little program. But you know, I just, I just don't know why. I just feel like I just don't know what's wrong. I'm just tormented. I, I just, I just don't know what's going on with me. I just think everybody's cheating on everybody. What have you been watching? I just feel that my kids and this and that and the job and things and what have you been listening to? I'm not denying reality. I know that there's things out there in the news world. By the way, I don't watch the news. I only read the news. Let me tell you why. I'm not going to let their pedantic, emotional experience of that commentator penetrate me with how they perceive. I want to just cognitively engage with the news. And I like news, and I was a news junkie. I studied that in school, political philosophy and ethos, pathos, logos, and how you construct arguments. I fed on that. But you know what I realized? That at points, that became my primary rather than my secondary. And whenever you put the, 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 the primary, which is God's word, is secondary, and you flip the two, how many you know it messes you up? What are you feeding on on a daily basis? Are we feeding on the pure, the powerful, the positive framework of God's word? That what lifts you, that what frees you, that what encourages you. Matthew 4, 4. What is the, listen, business people, if you want to make the best decision, right, you need the best available information. Well, what's different as a Christian? If we want to make the best decisions for our lives, we need the best available information. And the best available information is not man's opinion. It's God's opinion first. Matthew chapter 4, 4, here's what it says. Man, Jesus is talking. Here's what he said. Man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not sure if that's white bread or not, but it's cool that we can at least do that. Man shall not live by bread alone. So there's, there's credence we can do. But, everyone say but. So, so there's, we got to eat, right? But man, man, you don't live by 
just, just natural food alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, the scripture, the word of God. When should I feed my mind, truth pastor? All the time, morning, noon, and night. Read the Bible in the morning. Worship tapes. You drive to work in your car. and What do you put in there? What are you listening to all day? I mean, what, what, what is it? Is, is it something that's building your life? Is it encouraging your life? Or is it pulling you down? I don't know why I'm so depressed. All right, let me follow you around for 20 day, 24 hours. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? Is it building your faith? Is it encouraging you? What is it? In the scripture in the morning, I try to put some other word. I made it a commitment. I, look at, I read the scripture before the news because I, I, I want the, the positive framework of God's word going through my veins the first thing in the morning. You, you know the most spiritual thing you do in the morning is read your Bible and drink coffee. Can I get a witness? It's in the Bible. Coffee is in the Bible. In the book of Leviticus. I don't have time to show you. Okay, here we go. Psalms 119, 147. I rise before the dawning of the morning. I cry for help. I hope in the word. So number one, number one, I must feed myself daily. Everyone say, feed myself daily. Pastor, what else do I do? Well, I must, I must free myself from destructive thoughts. L let me give you the three S's that are out to attack you. All right? I, let, me just, let me just put them together and package them. Number one is self, number two is Satan, and number three is society, and I'll explain society. Because we don't have to be freaked out about society and culture, but the world system that have values that are, that are antithetical to Christian values, and I'll talk about that in a second. Number one, your challenges and my challenges first are with ourselves. That's, that's who it is. It's first with ourselves. All leadership in life should start with self-leadership. Okay, so what do I mean by self? Romans chapter seven, verse 23, let's go back to Paul. But in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my mind. Now this is a believer, he's a Christian. He's a Christian and he's still, he's still depicting to us there's a fight. What is it? It's that old self, that old way of thinking. It's the parts of the unregenerated parts of his thought process. That's called the flesh. And we all have it. Something fighting against my mind and it makes me a prisoner. Oh, man, I love God. So, so what do I do? What, what do I do? That battle, those self-defeating thoughts, those negative thoughts, those prideful thoughts, those sinful thoughts, number one, you've got to understand the way to rid yourself of destructive thoughts is you first have to believe that you have the power in God to say no to those thoughts. You can reject those thoughts. You don't have to crawl up in the corner of your house in fear without rejecting those thoughts. You have authority in God to reject those thoughts. Man, isn't that cool? Pastor, can I, can I, can I actually set my mind? You can. Romans 8, 5, here it is. Those that set their mind on the flesh... Live according to the flesh. Those that set their mind according to the spirit and the spirit. Let me give you an example. This is where people, this, this is where the rubber meets the road on the process of renewing the mind. What have we talked about today? God is more interested in you and I changing our insides than our outsides. It's not to suggest he's not concerned with our outsides, but he knows if he can get you to change your insides, ultimately he'll work with you to change your outsides. Okay, watch this. Let me say it this way. The process of, don't miss this, the process of renewing the mind is, is as much to do with 
rejecting old thinking as it is to putting on new thinking. I have four children. My oldest is a daughter, and she probably won't like me telling this analogy, but it happened, sweetie. I'm sorry. When she was a baby, my wife is like, she's like a phenomenal mom. She knows how to do babies and just knows how to do the whole thing. And, you know, it's kind of football, and I don't, geez, I don't want to touch a soft spot. I could kill them. I need to be careful. I don't want to rip their arm. Oh, geez, man, oof. You know, and I remember the first time she left Isabel with me. It's a little baby, you know, rattle, and the thing, you know, I was like, who? How long are you going to be gone for? Let's synchronize watches here, honey. And everything was fine, and I was doing the little rattle thing, and everything was working, you know, and I'm just, you know, push the little thing, you know, and about 20, man, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes into it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what time, she's got like, she's not going to be back in like an hour, I got to do something, what am I going to do? And then I thought, I thought God gave me this idea. I thought, you guys can interpret later, I thought. I said, I'm not taking that diaper off. That ain't, that's how I'm not doing that. Not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. So I just, there were two little snaps. I just undid the little snappies. And I got a diaper, a fresh diaper. And I just put it over her. And I was gentle and I, you know, did little things and then powdered up and put the snappy and I put her in there. It was like, it was good. <laughs> For about 20 minutes. And you know what happened? The spirit is, came out. Things happened. <laughs> I, don't, I know it's close to lunch, but, but anyway, so my wife came home and how many of you know we had us the discussion? Come on, can I, can I? <laughs> Look, 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 look. Here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Isn't that, isn't that crazy for me to do that? That's what a lot of Christians do. What they try to do is they're trying to put new thoughts without rejecting the old thoughts, and they wonder why it still doesn't work. See, 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 renewing the mind is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm no longer, listen, you got to reject. I'm not going back into the world. I'm no longer that person I used to be. That's not true about me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love. I'm putting on a new thought. I reject that fear. You have no authority. So it's, it's pulling off the old. Everybody say, take off the old. Put on the new. Which one's first? Both at the same time. It's, it's just, it happens simultaneously. So number one, my old self is an enemy. Let me tell you, those unregenerated parts, number two, Satan himself. Yeah, we really believe in this church. The Bible talks about a real devil and real demon spirits. Now, let me tell you, Satan can't force you to do anything. He can't, he really can't. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. You learned that last week in physical health. You learned that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God lives on the, your body, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you as a believer. He can't force you. Greater is he that's in you, Jesus in you, than the devil in the world. However, what he does is he suggests things to you. You know that spiritual warfare passage in Ephesians chapter 6? It talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. Here's what the devil does. The fiery darts of the wicked one are the satanic suggestions of the enemy that he shoots. Now watch this. He suggests a thought. Then he evaluates your behavior based upon that thought and then talks to his cronies and says, aha, he or she believes it. Watch how they're behaving. Does that make sense? 
He can't, the devil cannot read your mind. He can't. What he can do is suggest thoughts and then he can evaluate your behavior. So the good news is, you listen, the bad news is we have a real devil. The good news is we do not have to succumb, succumb to his strategies. Are you with me? So there's everyone say self. Everyone say Satan. Say society. Ooh, pastor, are you saying the world's all bad? No, not all of it, but the parts of society. Listen, there's so many things that are trying to attack our minds. I mean, all the advertisements. Some of you may be in advertising. Y'all are just, y'all the good advertisers, right? But anyway, all the things we live. Listen, I want to go on record saying we live in a sexed, crazy society. Everything is just trying to get your mind and your thoughts and your emotions. And remember, when anything gets in your emotions, you'll believe it, whether it's true or not. And so he's got all this stuff, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the world, the pride of life. That's what John talks about. It's all just coming at your mind and coming at your heart. So you've got the old self. What is that? The unregenerated parts of your thought process, the flesh, the Bible calls it. You've got a personal devil that you have authority over in Christ. In Christ, you have authority over the devil, not in yourself, but in Christ, you do not have to capitulate. You do not have to, you do not have to surrender to the devil. He does not have authority over you in Christ. I want everybody to understand that. Are you with me? You and God are a majority. I want everybody to get that. But there's also all these values and these anti-biblical values that are coming through these modes and mediums of communication that are pounding. It's like a triple threat. Self, Satan, society, all this. So what do I do? Let me finish with this. What do I do? Here's what I do. It's all about the power of focus. Where am I focusing our mind? I must focus my mind daily, hourly, monthly, yearly. What do I focus it on? Here it is, Philippians chapter four. For whatever is true, Paul writes to the church at Philippi, for finally, brethren, whatever things are true, is this true what we're talking about today with you and your friends? Wait a minute, is this true or not? Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, is what I'm putting before my eyes on my computer, is that pure? Is that pure? Or does that denigrate people by what I'm, is that, is that hurt myself? Does it hurt those that are closest to me? Whatever is lovely, go to the next thing, please. This is what I'm, whatever is good report. This, this report, this report. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, you're, you're, you're trying to tell me what? Wait a minute, you're trashing that person. Time out, time out, time out. Wait, wait, you're, wait, that's not, wait, time out. That's not a good report. Wait, you see this? You see this? What is this? Well, I know it's my ear, but, but you think it's a garbage can to put all your trash. No, 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 no. I only want good report. Everyone say good report. I don't want you putting your trash in that because this year in 15, I'm focusing on the pure, the powerful, the positive, the productive, and any other P you can put in there. Listen, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let me give you the story and we'll close. I recently heard the story of an old farmer who was discouraged about his farm. Listen to this. Old farmer is discouraged about his farm. He called a real estate agent and said, come here. I want to sell the whole thing. Real estate agent said, all right, let's get down. I want you to describe it to me. I'm going to put it in, in the MLS and all this and let me get it all straight. He goes, well, I'll tell you. Let me tell you about it. He says, um, first of all, he says, uh, it's, a, it's a great place, well-maintained house, sturdy barns, lush pasture lands, a beautiful pond, fertile soil, great views. 
The farmer listened as the person wrote it down. Then the realtor said it back, and the farmer said, wait, time out, time out. Can you say that again? Can you say what I just said to you? Real estate agent said, well, see if this meets your approval. It's a well-maintained house, sturdy barns, lush pasture lands, a beautiful pond, fertile soil, and great views. The farmer said, time out. Read that one more time. The real estate agent went through it one more time. Finally, the farmer said, I'm not selling. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I've changed my mind. What are you talking about? I've always wanted a place like that. Watch this, watch this. You know what he got? He got a reality check on his focus. He had what he always wanted, and he was looking for something else. Listen to me, listen to me. Let me tell you what you've got as a Christian. You've got the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Christ, the name of Jesus, the body of Christ, all the host of heaven, all the angelic host of heaven. How many know you and God are a majority? Quit looking out there for something else you think that'll make you happy and fulfilled when it's only in God. It's in God. It's in God. Let me pray. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. If you're in this place today, you do not know Christ. You're not sure about your relationship with God. You're not sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God. I want to pray for you. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. Pastor, if you say, I'm not sure about my relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. I can't save you. Our church can't save you. Jesus saves. Do you know Christ? Are you sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? Do you know that you know that your sins have been forgiven? At all of our campuses, South Shore, Gulf Coast, here at Little Creek, our online campus, I, I want to pray with you guys. To count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Pastor, pray for me. I need the blood of Christ to wash me. I'm not at peace with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. That's you at the count of three. Would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it all over this place? Would you do that? One, two, three, quickly all over this place. Hold it up.